welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, Sydney Roosters preseason preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and joined by Nick Lord, Stats Guru, Child Put It to Bed, Fantasy Nugget. How you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. That's excellent. And also joining us, we have Rob McStay from the Fantasy Amateurs all the way from New Zealand. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going well, boys. How are you? Yeah, doing all right, mate. It's it's getting late your time, but hopefully this one's a bit interesting because it's the Sydney Roosters, right? Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, let's just talk through the side real quick. Uh, so a lot of the side writes itself, which is nice. So James Tedesco, fullback. On the wings, I've got Joseph Suwali'i and Dom Young. I've got Joseph Manu and Billy Smith in the centers. So Luke Keary and Sam Walker in the halves. Lindsay Collins. And I've got Spencer Lenu at this stage at prop. Could be different. Brandon Smith at hooker. We've got Nat Butcher and at this stage, Angus Crichton in the on the edges. Victor Radley at 13. And the bench, Connor Watson, Joe Weirah Hargraves, Satili Tupania and Egan Butcher. Nick, talk us through the gains and losses this year. Mate, Dominic Young's uh, down the M1 from the Knights and Spencer Lenu from the, what was it, the M4 from the Panthers? That's it, straight <laughs> down the M4, mate, plus the M8, plus the, you know, the Rosehill Expressway. Yeah, there's about three tolls in there, mate. <laughs> mate, cost of 30, 40, I hope he moved. Otherwise, that's a lot of tolls. Anyway, um, in terms of losses, Fletcher Baker's off to the Broncos, Jackson Paulo's off to the Seagulls, Paul Momorowski's. Playing for Leeds, Rhinos. Drew Hutchinson is over at the Bulldogs now with Jake Turpin as well. Corey Allen's done his ACL at the Dragons. Uh, Nathan Brown's off the Seagulls on that Trana trial. And Ben Thomas remains unsigned, mate. Excellent. All right. So, Rob, looking at those gains and losses, mate, would you say the Roosters are better off this year or worse? I think better. Dom Young's a really good pickup. Uh, they just got so much depth, don't they? I think, like, looking at the teams in the NRL that have, like, just, it's almost it's almost to their detriment, I think, that they have so many players that they can't even play players in their best position because they have to fit in other people to keep them happy. It's like, we all, we all want Suwili E on a wing for fantasy, but they've still got Tupo floating around. Who knows if he's actually going to make it. Well, yes, that, that's a real call. It could be Billy Smith who misses out, but they've just re-signed him for three years. Well, that's the thing, right? And and they did the same with Su... Su uh, oh, how do I... Su... su Satili Tupania? No, no, Wong, Wong. Oh, yeah. It's like they sign these guys and then they might not even make the 1-17. to 17. Um, So, yeah, I think, honestly, like, if Angus Crichton is back, that might be their best signing of this year. That's true. Though the news is uh, just come out that he's likely to go to French rugby next year. With Joseph Manu. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that basically his 800 grand deal with the Western Reds fell through for next year. So it looks like he's off to French rugby, live it up in the sun. So they really got in. Obviously, you've just been through them, but a lot of it is just depth, isn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly is. So that they've lost some of those like fringe edge players, but they've, they've still got some impressive quality first graders who can't get a run there. Like Egan Butch could start on an edge quite easily, but he might not get a run in this squad at all. So like a few, I know a few people owned him this year. So there's certainly a lot of quality. Look, looking at the injuries, well, there's no injuries, just a suspension to Jared Weirier Hargraves, who will not play in Las Vegas. I'm surprised they'd let him into the country anyway, but he doesn't have to worry now. So he will be back round two. Nick, how about you talk us through the strength of schedule? 
Mate, they've got the fourth easiest overall schedule. They have the third hardest rounds 1 to 12, but the run home, mate, and the origin period, they have the easiest from there. So in terms of their buys, they've got the round 14, minor buy, round 19 major, and then the final buy is round 22. In terms of teams they have twice, they have the Broncos, Bulldogs, Dragons, Eels, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Seagulls, and Storm. So it's really, uh, as the number sounds, mate, so it is just a pretty brutal round one Broncos away in Las Vegas, and then the Seagulls away round two. They host the Rabbitohs round three. They host the Panthers round four. They get a bit of a reprieve with the Bulldogs away round five. They're then up the M1 at the Knights round six. And they're down, oh, they host the Storm actually round seven, and then another reprieve with the Dragons at home round eight. But then they run into the buzzsaw of the Broncos away, Warriors at home, and Sharks away from rounds nine to 11. So for origin period, they get the origin affected Cowboys round 13, and Bulldogs round 16 prior to their round 19 bye. You expect the Cowboys to have, you know, Two or three minimum players playing Origin. Not so much the Bulldogs, I suppose. No. Fairly crazy run home with uh, the bye around 22. The Eels at home around 23. The Titans away around 24. The Raiders are missing a game here. Okay, well, they have the Raiders at home around 26. Yeah, they've got the Raiders and the Rabbits. So really interesting draw in the front 12 weeks being a gauntlet and the remaining season being really crazy. I think the buy period's fantastic from round one pickups as a play the first two major buy rounds. So massive factor when planning your round one team, mate. So I'm pretty pretty keen to get as many roosters into my <laughs> squad as possible, mate. You're tempting me to buy Jerry Manu right now. I think the uh, Billy Smith, Joey Manu, <laughs> all those all those ones we want to have that we shouldn't. That's it. So, mate, I'm pretty sure that just looking at this schedule, and you could be wrong, it's because you got the buy round one round out. I'm pretty sure they have the buy round 23. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And then it's yeah. Parramatta, Gold Coast, Canberra, and then the Rabbits. That's why. Sweet. Excellent. So, yeah, round one pickups. There's a few guys that we might want to get. So, let, let me just go through a couple real quick because they're really back-to-back. So, if it's whoever is the starting edge we want in this squad because they've all got value. So, Sia Wong is 444K. He's got a 32 break even. He's a definite buy if he gets an edge because he averaged 43 when playing over 50 minutes and 47 over 60 minutes. So, if he gets that 60 minutes, we're seeing 15 points worth of value. He's a straight up buy, right, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. He's the guy I was thinking about. I just forgot his first name. He's going to be great one day, right? And and maybe it's when Crichton goes to France, but he's just too good to be not playing or playing on the bench. So, I really hope he gets a go. That's it. Well, look, let, let's talk about the next guy that we got in, interest in on the edge, which is Angus Crichton. So 501k, 36 break even. So it's simple with Angus. If he gets the second row spot and is fit, he's a screaming buy. So his last season where he was fully fit in 2022, averaged 55.2. So we're talking about 20 points worth of value. He's priced at 36. In 2021, he averaged 59.9. And in 2020, it was 61.5. So he's an elite fantasy weapon with an edge with minutes. I'd take him over. If he's starting and it looks and the bench looks right for him, I'd take him over. Schuster, Lane, Bloor, Katoa, RFM, everyone. I know, Nick, have you got interest in Angus Crichton if he's starting on an edge? Absolutely. He's in my team at the moment. How about you, Rob? Is he in your squad? Yeah, he's in my squad. Excellent. Yep. He... um. He's a fill up if we if he starts. Is, do we have any mail at all on apart no. from him going to France? No, and so the, the going to France put a little bit of the coolers on me. But guess what? It could be Wong in that case, right? It could be that they just yeah. play Angus out for his contract, like they'll play Joey Manu out this year, right? Get the best out of him, flog him for every inch that they're worth, and keep the other guys sweet for next year. So yeah, I'm never sure that the them leaving the next year is a is a nail in the coffin as much as we think it is. But no. Um, no. yeah, ho- hopefully it. I I hope it is Angus. I, I I want him to have just one just killer year. 
after his real like last year would have been pretty tough for him like let's be honest so he was just incredible at his best and and i think we all want that to happen for sure no definitely and you're right i think it's only the fringe players who sometimes get cut like if it's a 50 yes. 50 decision where the studs it's like well let's play the best out of you right well look at the last guy that we want satili tupania 421k 31 break even so if tupania gets a starting edge role he should be in your team too average of 44.6 in the position so still seeing 13 14 15 points worth of value so not as much as angus Crichton or wong but still some good value there i'd still have him if he was the starting edge how about you rob did he injure his acl the year before last so yes and he was coming back last year so he will be the first full year back yeah they really really eased him back last year i'll definitely get him if, if he's starting but yeah it's good to get some more runs on the board after the acl for sure yeah, so, so he, he was out for most of, uh, so round eight, he came back and then he got injured again in round 16 and then just was out for the season. Again, they just had too many, too many players, right? They had just all the butchers and whatnot, just stealing minutes. He never really got a clean run at it. Yep. No, definitely. The other guys that we got interested in, speaking of the butchers, have I got Nat Butcher? I think I do, Nick. So yep, just played Tupinoy, yep. That's it. Ex- excellent. So Nat Butcher, 741k, 54 break even. So he had his breakout year last year, pushing to be a starting player, took it with both hands, sort of like he kind of Stephen Bradbury his way into the squad to be the best edge through just everyone else fell down around him. But he showed his talent. So has a huge base... We just tackles and tackles. So in the two games against the Panthers where they got pumped last year, he was the guy who stood out. He put up 60 tackles in one game, 59 in the other, only missed one in each. Just absolutely enormous. I had this in with the occasional offload and line break. We can see a player who can push towards that kind of elite 55 average this year with a bit more stable playmaking because he, I looked at his, his attacking stats were so low. 0.1 try scoring rate, 0.1 try assist rate. I reckon we could see a two-point-per-game improvement in this area alone. Like, if you just raise the point one to a point two in both of those areas, we're talking about two points per game over average. So I'm saying target and draft with a great schedule and the DPP. In regular fantasy, I think it's just a little bit hard to call him from there. I don't know. What are you thinking, Nick? Yeah, I don't I don't really like him round one for overall, to be honest. There's just not much value there, potentially. No, but I, I'm thinking I will, I'm moving him up my draft meter a fair bit just to that DPP, the schedule, and the fact that he's probably the most stable in that squad. Absolutely. Excellent. Nick, talk to us about James Tedesco. No worries, mate. 760K, 49 break even. So he averaged 37 in his first nine games for rounds 1 to 11 with only one try. But he I remember that. 8.4 for his last 11 games for 10 tries in 2023. So it's clearly a high 50s average as possible. Uh, but he's averaged 50.4 in full games from round 11 and prior. And 56.8 from round 12 onwards since he moved to the Roosters in 2018. So that's to say that he usually starts slow and ends fast. The main factor in Teddy's favour for round one is that a complete off-season of rest with no duties after the 2023 season. No World Cup, no Tri-Nations, no getting busted up at some place he shouldn't be. Just rest and recovery. It would be a spicy choice and not crazy to think he could average mid to high 50s all year with a Roosters squad that looks much healthier and better. A bit of an NBA comparison like the Clippers. I think the Roosters haven't taken the NRL regular season all that serious for many years. And they start to sh- uh, they start too slow each year. They try and flick the switch uh, for the final series and having to make up ground for the eight without playing too hard in the regular season. So they need to get back to their old ways, sort of get back into the regular season and actually go ham. 
And I think this sort of starts with Terry, Teddy firing from round one. So absolute upside there, but I'm not sure I'm willing to pay it, uh, Stu. Uh, look, I think it would d- depend for me. I think that a lot of other players would have to go down in front of him. So if Apps wasn't available, if Campbell wasn't available, and I had to rethink the strategy for wing fullback, Tedesco, there certainly seems to be some points there. But as, as it stands, like it is, unless that happens, I, I wouldn't start with him round one. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty burnt starting with him before. He, there's always a time to buy him, isn't there, where he's dropped a, sh- a shared load of cash. And uh, it's usually just before Origin, and you don't even <laughs> want to buy him. Then, no. But he, he's at his absolute low. And then he, uh, we saw it last year, didn't we? I think it was round 12. He's just, yeah, he got an 84 after getting a 15 in round 11. So, and you could have picked him up for 550K. So it's, it's really tough paying full freight for Tedesco. Because you know he's going to make that money back, like. But it's just, do you want to suffer my, through? My point, low my point is that it, my point is that it's not full freight though, because he's averaged fifty in his first eleven games for the last six seasons, and that's what he's priced at. So he yeah. averages high fifties from round twelve onwards. So I don't think you're going to lose anything. I think last year was just especially poor. Or mm. is that the new trend? I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, he st- he finished really really well. Like looking at his scores after round twelve, there's yeah. a few low scores which we can expect from a fullback. But it's just that start, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's it's really where we're projecting the Roosters. Are you projecting them? Because last year people had them as uh, equal favourites with the Panthers, if I remember the preseasons correctly. Like even the NRL guys were saying it was probably their year to shine with Brandon Smith joining. Just never really eventuated. Mm. Yeah, well, as I said, they got the third hardest start. So maybe it's around uh, 13 or around, or maybe around 15 players, assuming. I mean, he, he's not even guaranteed an origin sport according to Manchester. So it might be around 15 pickup or something like that when the schedule starts to get a bit easier for them. That would be a fill-up, but it would also make me very sad about Joseph Manu if he doesn't get that stint of fullback that <laughs> oh, we all kind of wanted to have. Yeah. <laughs> it would. All right, look, let's, let's talk us through the next guy that everyone really wants to know about, right? Which is obviously Sam Walker, Nick. Talk us through Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. can, can, can you do this one quickly so we don't spend an hour? Yeah. Okay, so pretty much he was starting and then he got dropped and then he got injured. But he's actually been really improving his, his fantasy scores. So without goal kicking, he's a 34 in 2021, a 35 average in 2022, but a 46 guy last year when he came back to the NRL. Okay. Much better than you'd expect. He's getting a lot of the milkshake and obviously lots of attacking stats due to his style of play. The main question is who's kicking because the Roosters' offense was so bad last year. It was third worst in the league, which is incredibly surprising. Assuming they hit league average, so they hit 3.3 tries last year. So assuming they hit league average of around four tries per game, and he dramatically improved his kicking as well. So he's a 72% career, but he was 77% last year. He could be kicking about three goals per game, so six points. So there's absolutely little bit of value there, but um, the guy I'm more interested in, Stu. Luke Keery. <laughs> Talk us through Luke no. Keery, mate. No, no, hold on. I've said him now. Talk us to us about Luke Keery. Oh, Christ. Okay. Well, really quickly. Uh, Keery, much quicker. Keery's priced at 40. He quicker. averaged 47 at halfback, drinking pretty much all the milkshake, but only a 39 at 5.8. So pretty much his kicking went down, which accounts for most of the difference. That's pretty much it. So if Walker's dropped, Keery's an absolute boom because uh, he'll be high 40s. 50 kind of guy, but I suppose only one of them can be a 50s type of guy, to be honest. Excellent. Um, So so stay away from Luke Keery. Okay. But then the guy that we really want to talk about, Dom Young. Dom Young. Jesus. There's there's nothing there. 
He had a career game, career year last year. He's he's actually, I think, what have I got here? Fourth worst error rate in the NRL with an error every eleven touches. So if he cleans that up, he could add maybe three points to himself. Yeah, but it's unlikely game. that he's going to score twenty six tries again in a season, right? Like the Knights went ballistic for a while there against some very soft squads. I'm not sure that Dom Young gets that again, right? Well, it's it's not scoring a try every game. It's getting a double here and a hat trick there. You know what I mean? So you can have a a week or two without, but I've no doubt he will fill it up this year and be well over 20 again. No doubt. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take the unders on that. Over, to, over and under 20 sandwich? Yeah, done. So Sweet. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure I note it down. Excellent. Uh, Thank okay. you. Uh, mate, every year I get something off you guys. So so wait, is the line 19 and a half? So you're taking unders on 19 and a half? I'm t- I'm t- yeah, sure. That's fine. If he scores okay, half a cool. try, we're, we split the difference. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I get 20 is my point. So yeah. Half a 20. I get it. Oh, yeah. That's fine. No, it's just sweet, cool. sweet, sweet. you're cooked, cool, dude. Cool, cool. Excellent. So let's talk about a guy that we, the two guys we do need to talk about, which is their two centers. Joey Manu is probably the easier ones. Priced at 46. He's leaving French rugby with two premierships, a golden boot, and only one Dallium center of the year, which is highway robbery. He's only got one. So he's on for a new challenge. So across the last three years, minimum 60 minutes, he's averaged 42 in the centers. So pretty much pick him up at any other position than the centers. So 62 at fullback, 59 on the wing, and 58 in the halves. So basically anywhere but the centers for Joey Manu, do not pick him up round one. So hopefully there's a few injuries and he gets reshuffled. So Joey Suali'i, 518K with a 38 break even and a DVP. He's only 3.4 ownership. He averaged 29 in the centers and 43 on the wing. So this is substantially due to his tackles not going up. So he's three per game versus about nine in the centers. You know, you can get, you know, 15 to 20 in the centers usually. And his try scoring obviously fell off a cliff being a center rather than a finisher on the wing, which is a really strong ball runner. And that also affected his running meters as well. Not as much ball running in kick returns. So he only kicked, so only returned 107 meters versus 173 on the wing. So pretty much everything is down from both positions, which is obviously reflected. Projecting him at center, I've got him about a 38. Now that includes a better tackles, about 13, 130 run meters. So it's assuming his base is up is pretty much what I'm thinking. And then I think his projection on the wing is slightly down as well. So I've sort of got him priced around 38 in both positions, to be honest. So the real question is the goal kicking. Now, the confusion with the goal kicking guys is Suali'i kicked rounds 26 and 27 when Walker returned to the top rates, uh, to the top squad. But then in the finals week one, Walker kicked one from one in uh, finals week one versus the Sharks and Billy Smith kicked the other one, right? But then Walker kicked both conversions in week two versus the Storm in the famous 78th minute Walbrick worldie end of the Roosters season. So I really don't know who's going to get it. If Joey Suali'i gets the kicking... I am absolutely mashing him into my team. But otherwise, I don't think you're going to lose your shirt by having him. But there's there's no value there if he does not get the goal kicking, Stu. Excellent. Well, look, based on the fact that if he's got the goal kicking, he's been in a lot of my draft squads uh, on the wing and goal kicking. I don't know. Rob, have you got any interest in Joseph Suali'i if he's on a wing and goal kicking? Yeah, absolutely. I think the wing would be phenomenal. And goal kicking would be an absolute fill up. I'm not as interested at centre, even if he has goals. But uh, I suppose we'll figure that out over trials, perhaps. The Roosters, oh, the Roosters play the Rabbits, but they play it really early, so in week two. So it'll be Friday, 23rd of Feb. So they, we will see them play. It's just whether these guys get a run. Excellent. Yeah, so, so not sure. And with that split lock 
rolling lockout for round one, it makes it pretty difficult with Suali'i if you're not sure about that particular detail. Well, look, you, you'd be not sure either way, but I'm happy that he's playing first. If, you, if you're not sure, just don't buy him. Uh, yep. Pick someone else who plays a bit later on. Now, we've got to talk about one very last guy here, which is the most highly owned guy. We left into last, Brandon Smith. So sucked in if you were waiting until now to listen to him. We've had to listen to Nick rattle on about, you know, Luke Keery. So... <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, all right, Brandon Smith, 540K, 39 break even. So it's that time of year where we get sucked into borrowing Brandon Smith just like last year. And unfortunately, or I don't know, how many times do you have him in your squad last year, Rob? Once, twice, three times? No, I'm sure I bought him. Well, I think I started with him, but I think I bought him twice. Yeah, me too. Well. Me too. I'm pretty sure I had him in like two or three times last year, right? But I, I think, I, I mean, we talked about this on the amateurs pod as well. I think he did start poorly, but the injury was not his fault, you know, and, and the ribs was tough. And the was it the finger or the wrist? Um, well, I don't that, know how much of it is is like, was was unlucky, bad process. Oh, I, just think, I, I think he got super unlucky, right? Like he got a round, rib injury round two that saw him leave the game early, right? And that rib injury, like Mitch talked to us at the time, impeded his ability to run, tackle, and bust tackles. And those are all things that makes game. That's his game. That's it. And so that rib injury took a few weeks to recover on. And then his points and average started to trend back towards that high 40s, right? Then he had that neck injury in New Zealand, round nine, where he had to go to hospital. And then not immediately critical, but just his scores decline. Like he probably had like a really busted like right neck for a couple of weeks by the look of that. And so his scores declined again immediately after. And he went back to the bench to get fit again. And then he fractured that thumb in round 12 and missed seven weeks due to surgery. So, and then came off the bench. So, and then finally round 25, we saw his minutes returned and he averaged 53 in those last three games to finish the season. Mm, with no tries. That's it. And look, we got Connor Watson back, but they were running Jake Turpin. So I'm not seeing that there'd be that much of a change to the role that Brandon Smith will play in that scenario, because I imagine that Victor Radley will also be getting spelled by Connor Watson. I don't know, Rob. Like, would you say that's a pretty fair assumption? I think that's right. I think we kind of know what Connor Watson and Brandon Smith are at this point. Like, no one's thinking that um, Cheese is going to be getting 80 minutes. Um, but he's pretty busy when he's out there. So I think Watson's going to be playing middle slash hooker, but not not eating too many minutes into into Cheese, I wouldn't have thought. That's I, I figure that's fair. So, look, I from my side, I see the Cheese we have to play as a pathway to at least 60 minutes a game. Can conf- do that at a good 0.9 or so PPM or doing so. And that in draw replays 13, 16, 17, and 20. And despite not being played in the middle at all last season, he retained that DPP, which is insane, right, Rob? That is insane. That's one of the one of the better ones, I think, um, for the for the fantasy season. Oh. Um, it was all it was all just hooker, right, last year, and and then off the bench. That's it. that's it exactly. It's like, oh, mate, they obviously just didn't look at the hooker dual positions at all because. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the St- Tanner Boyd played 22 games in the halves last year only. <laughs> Still kept his hooker jewel. Oh, did they give Tanner Boyd his hooker? That's so funny. They kept it. They kept it all year. It's like I just and uh, gave it to me again this year. I I don't know. I think they just must have missed that when they were sitting out the sides, right? They took um Tamari Martins off. I I saw uh, his uh, wing fullback jewel. So they're sh- doing something. Oh, they are. It's just it seems to be very right. Yeah. So look, the cheese has been in my side. Is one of the first guys chosen. Is he in your side, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How about you, Nick? Yeah, I think he's a must. He's a must lock. Whatever terminology you want to use, a layup, a slam dunk. I don't know. Well, look, he he could be injured. Something could go wrong. But the fundamentals say that he, if he plays, he should do well. Right. I don't want to say he's a slam dunk because he could get busted exactly like last year when he was a slam dunk. 
but but he's cheaper than last year, right? Forty k, and and we all thought he was a buy last year. So I think that's that's kind of my thinking this year is if we thought he was a buy last year, he should be a buyer this year. They can't be worse than last year. The the, the Roosters, not unless they get really busted really quickly, like in twenty twenty one, right? That's true. Yeah, they they did actually go further in the um playoffs than I thought they would. But that's true. Well, they came within that try distance of beating the Storm oh, too, right? Oh, so close. And they didn't really deserve it. I wouldn't have thought. Well, Walker kicked. Uh, Walker kicked two field goals to put them up to beat the Sharks. Exactly. And, sorry, kicked one to beat the Sharks and one to put them up against the Storm. It's just unlucky that they lost against the Storm. Eh? That's it. No, it, look. Hopefully, they're better this year, but not so good. So I can still laugh at them losing at some point. <laughs> always fun. There's always fun. There's always a good time where you where you want to laugh about the Roosters, but hopefully not the start of the season. That's when it. We have so many of them. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to have too many. I'm worried now. All right, guys, uh, looking at that, I think that's probably the end of it. So it sounds like, guys, we're interested in, it looks like a couple of us are interested in Joseph Sueli'i, definitely interested in Bren Smith, plus whoever is on that starting edge, maybe a bit of a shot at James Tedesco if you like a bit of a punt. Any any other final thoughts from you, Rob? Lenny is a trap, right? Oh, Spencer Lenny. I've written him down. I did. Sorry. Let's talk through him with it. But yes, he's an absolute trap. I I think just really quickly, because I must have missed him somewhere along the way. Where did I put him? At the oh, very top. Up the top. Yep. Way at the top. Look, the reason is not to buy Spencer Lenny is he's never played a game over 50 minutes in his career, ever. His PPM is 0.88 when he does play long minutes, as opposed to his normal 0.96. He's with a new team full of good forwards, likely to immediately demand huge minutes. His startup pop prop three times in his career at the Panthers and averaged 25 when doing so. Like the downside, the upside is, is that he was behind Leota and James Fisher-Harris as the starting international props for New Zealand. And what like the Roosters, Jabri Hargraves at the end of his career. And otherwise they're suspiciously short of specialist props other than Lindsay Collins. And they bought him for some reason. And it can't be just to get him to pay more money than the Panthers did for the same role. So look, if you pay it out, you can see 35 to 40 minutes for Lenny, PPM 0.92 in his longest stints. This is a mid thirties average. He's priced at 29. Based on that, Rob, he seems like a trap, right? Yeah, okay. It's not a trap, but it's I can, he's in far too many teams for my liking. I think he's one of those guys that's... I think he is a good buy for, for, for the Roosters. Maybe not for the Roosters because they've got so many players, but he's a good NRL player. Mm. It's just for all the reasons you've said, he's just a low minutes guy. He's at impact. He's And that's when he's his best. That's when he gets close to a point per minute. Um, and we're, we're expecting people, I think, are getting too excited by a change in scenery, and it's the, the stats just don't back it up. No, I'm not sure there's 55 minutes in there for him, right? I'm not sure he's that guy. No way. No so, way. no. And look, I'd rather spend 30 grand more, 31,000 more, get Raymond for Tyler Mariner if he's playing on the edge for the Dragons. And he's got Jewel. Yeah, and he's, yeah he's got Jewel, and he's a bit more of a proven guy. We know he can play long minutes. Excellent. Well, look, guys, with that one, Spencer Lenu being probably not the guy to buy, we'll wrap that one up. It's the Boom and Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, Sydney Roosters, preseason preview 2024, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom and Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.